Hello, everybody, and step into the Cantina MX Football Podcast. We are back with episode 279. Got a lot of stuff going on. Going to finish off the under-23 Pro Olimpico Mexico 1. Then we're going to go on to match week 13 of Guardianes 2021. And Champions League is back. And no, we're not talking about the European one. We're talking about Conca Champions. That and much more on tonight's podcast. Before I go any further, let's introduce the cast tonight. Well, and Chiquis, how are we doing? Greetings, I'm doing fine. Very good. Very good here. I think that was Mexico's eighth, eighth Paralimpico uh, championship. Oh, wow. I'll have Jamie look that up just to confirm that. <laughs> Jamie, Chiquis. Awesome. Hola. Cheekies, how we doing? Doing, guys? doing okay. Doing well. We were, uh, we were going on a five-minute just random conversation about Eduardo Isela? Yes, sir. Yeah. If you guys don't know who he is, we're not going to say who he is. Just look it up. Go on Google. Type it in, and you are going to be shocked. <laughs> yeah. Just the spelling. Uh, it's not with a U. It's with a no. Eduardo E D O A R D O Isela I S E L A played for Chivas and Mexico. Let that sink in as you are pulling up his images on Google. Um, let's waste not any more time. Mexico squared off against Honduras in the final for the Preolímpico, and it was a pretty close one. Honduras scored what may have been the the goal of the tournament. Beautiful goal. But Mexico got a penalty in the 80th minute, and J.J. Mack tied up the game, forced it into overtime, and we went to a penalty shootout. Jurado, Jurado had the first, he blocked the first penalty, which ended up being decisive. Mexico wins on penalties, and they're going to Tokyo. How do we feel? Tokyo, yes. I did, I did a big, big props to Honduras. Uh, we were after they eliminated the U.S. I, we were talking about how, you know, every now and then they they seem to have this crop of good players, and uh, not to be surprised if they gave Mexico a fight, which they did, man. They went down swinging, and um, I mean, yeah, it's under twenty three. We could say too early to tell, but <clears throat> one one thing of of Honduras is uh. You know, one thing that I think they've had over some of the others, especially Central American teams, they could be one of the more of the athletic. You know, you could probably add Costa Rica to that list. But but in that, that makes them also pretty strong, you know. If I'm not mistaken, Honduras is, this is their fourth Olympic tournament in a row that they've qualified to. Yeah, their transition to the senior just lackluster. Yeah, you, know, I mean, you remember the you remember the days of uh, Materia Prima. That was that dude? That dude from uh, Honduran, the Honduran version of Football Picante. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, when Honduras was playing Mexico in qualifiers, this was senior team though. He was talking a lot of trash, saying Honduras had the Materia Prima, like the, the prime, athletic, way back, strong, yeah. strong. But it's not too far, but. But yeah, like a strong player, the athletic. 
this might be like eight years ago. Yeah, I was like, you're going like ten, man. You're going five. <laughs> ten. Anyway, but he uh, he sort of had a point because Honduras has always been like strong, especially in the days with uh, well, we know of the uh, well, what's the dude's name that used to do the little uh, the little move on on all the Mexican defenders and they just like juke them like crazy. They do the same thing over the the Costinha, the Cos Costly, Carlo Costly. All right. You know, do that move and and and. And they are they are athletic. They're a smaller country, I guess, but they're bigger than Guatemala, bigger than El Salvador, and all these. Um, and so they have a lot of good talent that are not just physical, but have some te- technical abilities. And so, yeah, they're a pretty good challenge for for Mexico. Yeah, they they lack they've just lacked a lot of the funding, which a lot of times is just very corrupt. They face, um, you know, I mean, they're they're um. Their football. I said their face. Ah, I'm at a loss for words. Help, help me if you're. Ah, what am What am I thinking of? They're they're um. They had a they had a run. They had an etapa, an era. No, no, you know, like the Honduran uh, Football Association. I guess oh. I was right with FA. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, cause cause like El Salvador, how they were like so corrupt at one point. I don't know if you guys. Uh, remember this story where they they went to play in Africa friendly, and they they announced the selection, but they sent they sent one of the clubs from the league, and the, I guess they thought the 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 team wasn't gonna know from Africa, and they found out. But I mean, it got to the point where FIFA almost was gonna strip them from there, you know, just just put them out of the out of the organization and they had to concede stuff and so you see the same with like Guatemala and and um and Honduras and 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 that's I think that's what hurt these teams where because they do have good players but it's their team's not going to go anywhere if they're not if they don't have a proper system for them to develop so I, I think Costa Rica is one of the reasons how they like you know and kind of took over as the best team from from the region. And then you've had teams from, like, even smaller teams like Curaçao, you know, Caribbean teams, small teams, all of a sudden, like, going over over some of these teams and, and qualifying to, like, uh, or doing better performances at, like, a Gold Cup. Yeah, it was... um. I was just looking at, you know, why why hasn't that translated to the senior side? I mean, um, most of their players are playing uh, domestically. Um, they do have a few players in like Chile or in Italy, but apart from that, I mean, it's it's all homegrown talent. Kind of, no, and it comes to it does yeah, translate. Home. You talking Honduras? Yeah, they they translated well to the. I mean, they're the team that made Oswaldo Sanchez cry and almost poop his no, pants. No, but no, I mean, we're talking about recently. <laughs> we're talking about recently, man. <laughs> oh, recently, yeah, recently. Not consistent, you know. Yeah. Well, recently they had like sort of a. They've been. They've lost. You know, they have like their generations. So they're just sort of on a downs downhill slide with this generation of senior team players. But maybe with yeah. this, you know, this crop of guys coming up, they might pose a challenge. And I, in I the would September. say money. It comes down to money too. You know, where they see that. They see that they generate 
X amount of money and if the if their federation is not providing, you know, and then so it makes the players not just not put that much stock into the selection. Really, the only the only bad like cycle they had was this recent one with Osorio. Like it was even surprising. Like I, I remember, I remember Pern was like all because he was a Osorio fanboy, and he was like, "Oh, Osorio has beat Honduras, and and Mexico hasn't been Honduras in the last what was it like no, 80 years?" No, no, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, Chiki, wait. That was Correct the only thing the media was doing to pump pump it up. They but it was true though. Them in the, no half half true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna get to that. I was gonna get to that. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Cool. Well, they hadn't beat them at a certain venue because they'll play in two places. Uh, Tegucigalpa, I think. Yeah. And San San Pedro Sula. No, Tegucigalpa even in Honduras. Yeah, it is. But San Pedro Sula is like the main guy. That's the main place, I guess. San Pedro Sula. Yeah, but they switch it off, and they don't always play there. And so Mexico had beaten them. But when they beat them, it wasn't in San Pedro Sula. So the media was being a bit deceptive, saying, oh, 11 years. Well, yeah, they hadn't really played, you know, the, the previous time they didn't play there. And so you really can't, Well, what, you know? what I mean is um, if we look at the 2018 World Cup, right, Mexico made it, Panama made it for the first time ever, uh, Costa Rica, and then Honduras went to the playoff and lost against Australia. So it's like, damn, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, not to. I guess discuss. in Concacaf. What's in that? Concacaf, they, they can flex and stuff, and they got some power, but maybe they shrink when it comes to like internet, like yeah, other federations and stuff. Um, I will say, looking at the teams that have made it to the Olympics: Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Ivory Coast, Egypt, France, Germany, Honduras, Japan, Korea, Mexico, New Zealand, Romania, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and Spain. Um, so, I mean, after, you know, I I was, I was really hyping up this Mexico team, very talented. A lot of them have just have more experience compared to the opposition that they've been playing and, uh, everything looked good, man. And then after on, after like that Honduras game really shattered my expectations. Like, Oh, you know what? You know, I was already ready to, you know, call Mexico champions, you know, and get their gold medal back. But after seeing no. how Honduras basically uh, made us honest and and sort of you know made us humble, um, realistically, do you think Mexico can can end up in the uh, on the stand? You know, whether it's bronze, silver, or gold, do you think they're good enough? I, to me, it's too early to tell. I, I always say, wait till the draw. Let's see what's the group like, and let's see what's the you know how, how it's. Like if you advance, who's your next rival? I think that that plays into it, and not not just the group draw, but also like who who do you face? You know, so like so say for example, you're in a group with like Brazil, New Zealand, and like uh, I don't know some some other mid-tier team, Cameroon, let's say. And so if you if you open against New Zealand. And then, like, let's say you close with Brazil, your chances are just just went up as long as you win that first game. Yeah, your chances just went up. And if you open against Brazil, then it's like it just became harder because then it's like you know they'll be the favorite team, and then 
a loss would just make the second game more difficult. So I, I always wait for the group and then to see in what order they face. And then if they advance, how they would match up. And that, that to me has always given me a, a pretty good roadmap to see how far they can make it. But I, I think going off for Olimpico, uh, I mean... I mean, cause, yeah, you, you can. Yeah, just to give you a little bit of context, right? We have uh, the Euro that needs to be made made up for last year. So, I mean, it's not like France and Germany are going to send their very best, you know, to this tournament. Um, maybe like Brazil and Argentina might bring, you know, because I don't think they're going to have Copa America this year. So maybe Argentina and Brazil will bring their best. But Mexico is going to bring like their best players. They do have the Gold Cup this year as well. But, I mean, we can afford to lose three senior players to the Olympics. It's probably going to be players that were, like, on the B side. You know, they weren't, like, the top, you know, starters for, for the national team. So, I think Mexico will have a good chance of at least getting into the, you know, silver, gold, or bronze. And I've even seen yeah. stuff, like, I don't know for sure, but I don't know exactly what the players would be. But I heard talk of people saying that this, you know, like, you know, the U.S. excuse was this is, like, their C team or whatever. That this this wasn't necessarily Mexico's top team as far as the eligible eligible players, so we could see quite a bit of changes in addition to the uh, the older guys that they bring in. If I'm not mistaken, like this list is is permanent, right? Like whoever Jimmy took to these qualifiers, or no, no, they're not on. They're not going to go to. No. Oh, I thought it was like whoever's no. on this list that's, is on this list, and that's it. Because the prolific. The Prolimpico list is submitted to CONCACAF. Uh-huh. And then once you qualify to the Olympics, oh. I don't know if FIFA oversees the Olympics or the or the COI, the, the, the Olympic Committee. Uh-huh. So that's another, you have to submit. It's now another. Oh, interesting. Like a, it's like a separate tournament now. Yeah, Olympics goes through the CONCACAF. And, I mean, the Prolimpico goes through that. At the top of my head, I'm thinking about players under 23 that didn't go. Um, I know Diego Linus is probably one of those players. So it would be interesting to see if he makes the cut. Uh, uh, he, I'm pretty sure he will make it. Yeah. I know they didn't call him up because he's trying to like in Europe earn his spot. And in the past, when we had young players, you know, and then they'll call him up for, for like formuleros or, or tournaments like this. It would end up hurting them because then they would. Yeah, I would like I to know, see man, but... uh, him and uh, Artiaga from. Uh, he was at Santos. Now he's at uh, Genk. He's twenty-two years old, so he would make the cut as well. Yeah, I mean, I think they're they're probably gonna do amistosos, you know, and then we'll we'll start seeing. Yeah. Oh, kind of better picture of who who they're planning to take. For sure. So my prediction is they'll they'll be on the. Is it called the? What is it called the? the podium. When they're all. Well, yeah. Okay. So my prediction yeah, is they'll they'll be on the podium. Whoever, Wait, is it the podium like the meme? They're always tenth <laughs> place. <laughs> and the guy is celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tenth place medal. Cheekies, what are your predictions? You think they'll they'll end up on the podium? It could it could be possible. I think I I'm hopeful for that to happen. Yeah. What about you, Juan? Yeah, no no prediction for me until uh, I see the draw. Okay, okay. I just 
I mean, because I, I think they're a good team, but, but you know, these, these tournaments, I, I just don't see the team that strong where I could I could just say, where I feel that confident to say, yeah, top three. You know, I, I remember La Volpe saying he, he thought he had a really good team, and he said, this one La Volpe was a coach, and he said, uh, if I don't get at least the bronze medal, I'm going to quit. And they ended up being eliminated in the group stage. Oh, wow. And it was like, it wasn't even teams that strong. It was like. Was that like the, was it 2004? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see who Mexico's group was. I'm looking it up right now. Uh... Yeah, there's teams that we, we don't consider. I mean, even though South Korea has been, you know, one of those teams that just getting stronger, but they're like CONCACAF. They carry that stigma of, of like, you suck. But but you you know that it's that's not always the case. Wow, I can't. Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, Mexico is in Group A with Greece, Mali, and South Korea. <laughs> there you go. Damn, and they didn't make it out son. of the group stage. <laughs> let's see. We have yeah, Chuy Corona, Massa Rodriguez, Mario Perez, Ismael Rodriguez, Israel Lopez, Aaron Galindo, Senia. Senior was on that team? Wow. He took him as, um, you know, the overage. Diego Martinez, Omar Bravo, Luis Ernesto Perez, Rafa Marquez Lugo, Gonza Pineda, Amaury Ponce. Wow, dude. Oh, Ochoa made that team too. Interesting. He was 19, Brandon. He was a young buck. <laughs> Dang. Okay. I, I guess I can understand your... Your reservations, <laughs> I can understand why you don't want to make predictions. I just think that this yeah, team's incredibly talented, you know, and it's because they have six players from Chivas, not to brag. And and then uh and it's and all, they play better. They play better with yeah. selection. Jimmy Lozano knows how to how to arrange them. Um even though ironically uh Vucetich was the he was assi- he was his assistant at Querétaro. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so the 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 student has surpassed the master, you know. Oh, okay. he, has <laughs> he, he has more silverware on his on his yeah. coffers, man. Who's is filled with gold duties? No, um, I don't bling. want. Yeah, I don't want to get too sidetracked. But very quickly, uh, the reason I bring that up is because during the the you, you know after the game, uh, they streamed the YouTube uh, media a conference, you know, with with Vucetich. and one of the questions that somebody asked was like, "Hey, man." You know, Mexico won the U23. Um, did you ask Jimmy Lozano for some advice, you know, on how to? <laughs> it's like the most disrespectful yeah. question you could. It's like, yeah. uh, he was like, uh, he was my assistant at Querétaro. Um, those guys are playing against like, you know, yeah. not the same kind of opponents that we are week in and week out. And yeah. it's just like, damn, bro. Yeah, well, some of the players are like at semi-pro or, or they just don't like. That yeah. much experience at a high level, which is one of the things I I, I was tweeting against uh, fellow Chi hermanos who were talking about look look how good they're playing and I was like, well, keep in mind they're playing against youth players, some of them with not that many games under their belt. Yeah, this so is like their this is like their big break for them, you yeah. know, for for those op- for those uh, players and you know Dominican and. And all these, this is like their big break. This is like, oh man, this is my opportunity to like, 
you know. Yeah, and then when they played Honduras, see, it was a whole different yeah. picture, like you said. And I think those players were a bit more, just more uh, fogeados, you could say. Didn't they have some dude that was like in Serie A like playing in Italy? Yeah, yeah, they had one player in Serie A, yep. That was about it. Yeah, that's like, I was like, damn. Um, I have a soundbite. Kind of want to stay on the topic of uh, La Selección real quickly. Uh, they interviewed Chicharito yesterday. You know, we're going into the MLS season on the 24th. So uh, he's he's um, getting back into shape. And he had this to say about uh, his last year. Yo ya no quería estar en la selección, ¿sabes? Pero lo llevo diciendo, ¿no? Yo hasta el, yo el día que no quiera jugar una selección me retiro. O el entrenador va a saber que no quiero ir. Pero al fin de cuentas no estoy cerrado, pero también, también sé que, el, que la temporada pasada estuvo, estuvo de la chingada para mí y que fue muy mala. Pero como también, también quiero dejar esto y que yo sé que la gente a lo mejor lo va a tomar eh, en el contexto, a lo mejor se van a quedar con esto, pero también es como siempre. Y, y, es, pa, y es parte del show. Ha habido otros jugadores que han tenido una temporada mala y los han aguantado. Para mí nomás tuvo una temporada muy mala y no me aguantaron y no lo digo por el entrenador en sí, lo digo como en general así hay veces en las cuales y nos tocó este carrito nos tocó pasearnos con esto, pero yo la verde obviamente pues está ahí, está ahí obviamente ojalá, ojalá que, que pueda seguir yendo, pueda seguir marcando goles, pero obviamente haré lo que está en mis manos que es eh, dar una muy buena temporada para que eso pueda ayudar y pueda, pueda a lo mejor ser contemplado de alguna manera y si no, pues ya no está, ya no está en mí so Chicharito, a little bit upset that he's been um, snubbed by Tata Martino, um, despite in previous occasions, other players that were in bad form still got called up to the Selección. So he's kind of, it's kind of venting about he, that. He did say under other, other, you know, like under other coaches. Yeah, I think the difference is, is that he's was in bad form in MLS as opposed to other people who might have been solid in like European clubs or solid in, you may, they might not be playing a lot in European clubs, but they were there. And that's what he, I think that's what he means. Or that's what you can think of is like, oh, he's just in Europe, but he's not playing too much. Maybe you play like a few minutes here and there, but he's in Europe still. He's an automatic call up. So he's like the consentido. So you're saying, I need Ellis. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in MLS, and you're not up to par? You're an MLS, dude. Why aren't you up to par? And it's just like, no, you're not going. I don't you're think that's what he meant, Chiquis. Well, it might not he might All right. it might not be exactly what he meant, but that's what it was. That's that's the reality. You know, um I actually thought that was like the same thing. Like I I had the same thought, you know, oh, you know, Gio, he's on the bench, but for Barcelona, you know what I mean, or for Tottenham, yeah. you know, and he was still going, still getting called up. And he would still put on the jersey and actually, you know, do very well. But I think this is more about the fact that Alan Pulido got called up, Pizarro got called up, and he didn't. I think he's upset about that because <laughs> they're all playing in the MLS. You know what I mean? Didn't he get not called up though? Yeah, Pulido, like, like. Oh, 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 oh. check this out. He injured himself getting either on or <laughs> off the plane. Oh, what? <laughs> Was it like going up the stairs? I don't know, man. But he was ruled out before they even had their first match. And uh, same thing with Eni Martin. So it's like that's why we didn't have – that's why we played with the false nine with uh, Chucky Lozano. Um, but, yeah, dude. I understand. Like, I understand his frustration, but go ahead, Chiquis. 
Well, yeah. I, th I think he he because he specified I'm not talking about this trainer. He said so. He said he's not talking about Tata Martino, but he did say how there are occasions where even if a player is not doing good, they still get called up to the national team. Yeah. And so he's he's he acknowledged that he hasn't been playing good. I don't think the whole MLS thing is is because you're in MLS, because Martino has called MLS players. Yeah, but they're playing good. Just, they're playing okay. The no, thing I is, know, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's, he didn't want to throw Martino under the bus. That's one. That's one aspect of it. And yes, he is right because in other national teams, like I've said before, or under other coaches like Osorio or whoever, or even prior, they'll 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 call up known. Seleccionados like people in Europe or Memo Ochoa if he's in America or whoever, um, because they're the standard guys. They're the guys that are always going to get called up, even though maybe they may not have the best quality or they might get all the minutes in Europe or they might not be playing very well in the Liga MX club. But you don't yeah. get you don't get cut slack if you're an MLS and you're not doing well, which which happened to Chicharito, even if it is just one season and these other guys, you know, they're struggling in Europe. Wait, you're still a, so you're you're saying, but see, that's the thing. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know if he would have done it. Um, but but I I think I think it has to do more with the coach, and I don't think I think Martino just goes to what what type of you know they they go to what they feel is gonna fit their system. So I, I think yeah. that's that's what it's more more in the line with. And and Chicharro, has, it's been more than one season that he's been, like, you know, just just in a poor form. So I, I agree. I and and it's not just poor form, because a lot of times you could have a poor form in the club, but you could be a beast in selection, and that that's the one thing Gio was. He would he would he never looked so good in club. But then he'll come to Selección, and he were, he was always one of the better players. Yeah, and he so, he was in Europe. Like he's a, he was a guy that was in Europe. He was struggling in Europe, but he was there, and so he would always get that call up. Trivia question: um, I, I don't expect you guys to know this, but just off the top of your head, when do you think was the last goal Chicharito scored for La Selección? What year? Damn. Let me see. Without Googling, obviously. It was not. Not the World Cup. So that was 2018. I'm going to say 2018. Not at the World Cup, but Chiquis, 2018. what about you? What's your guess? 2019. I have no idea. Friendly or something? Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Very good. <laughs> Um, he did score uh, his fourth goal for Mexico in the World Cup against South Korea. Oh. Um, that was in 2018. Hold on, hold on. Uh, um, I did not at the World Cup, though. Yeah, right. And then after that, he had uh, Partidos Moleros. I was actually at the one at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. He scored twice uh, against Paraguay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He scored once against Paraguay. And then his last goal was in uh, September against the United States in the MetLife Stadium in uh, New Jersey. Oh man! Yeah. So it's been two years, man, and we're starting to you know speculate. Hey, man, is this the end of his you know era as as seleccionado? You know, is he going to get oh, called yeah. up? Or yeah, I, I think we're seeing we're seeing the pretty much he's at the at the last part of it. 
Um, I think he's trying to make a run, though. He's working hard. The the thing is, though, it's really not even that much of a... It's not even that hard to do, though, because, unfortunately, we're in a position right now where we have a striker crisis. Raul Jimenez, we don't know if he'll be yeah. the same, when he'll be the same, if he's going to go to Copa Oro, or if he's going to go to the Olympics. We, we don't even know. He's in limbo right now, so we can just eliminate him from the equation. The next in kin is uh, J.J. Mack, you know, and uh, he's probably going to go to the Olympics. And then you have, what, Henry Martin, Alan Polido, you have Ormeño, who's not getting called up. You have Funes Mori, who might not get called up. So all Chicharito has to do, really, if I'm being flat-out honest, is have a good run with Galaxy, maybe score like five to ten goals. And I'm sure Tata will call him just for the fact that there's no other choices available. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, I think also mentality. So I think he looks, uh, he looks into that as well, you know like their mental state and you know we can't deny that Chicharo just yeah hasn't been all there there's all the <laughs> drama going on with his with Dreyfus and his wife and yeah well, I think he's fixing it I think he's I think he's I on think, track man. yeah I think he's oh you think he's, he's I think he's getting his life back together um I don't want to yeah I don't want to be negative or anything or uh I think when we were talking about divorce I think like getting <laughs> It was a TikTok or something where this guy was talking about how half of his half of his uh, stocks, half of his oh, savings, half yeah. of his four hundred one k, half of his half of everything was gone after the divorce. Chicharito, it's, and I don't want to speculate. And he did marry. He did get married it's, here in the U.S. Yeah, it seems like since she's left, he's like on all fours. He's like running, making a run, man. He's working out. He's posting Instagram of like him oh, no. with you know, flexing and doing all these workouts and stuff. The dude is fit right now. He lost his dad bot. I remember when he was Yeah. Yeah, that, that was back like, in, that was back in the day though. Or something, and he had he was on trophies mode, came oh, no, with like yeah, ten he pounds worse, overweight. Huh? Yeah, he had a worse dad bod like in Europe though, man. In one of his vlogs from when he was in Europe, like in between seasons, he had a it was like Season was over, he'd go to dad bond mode. Probably, but then when season started, he'd get back. It was probably in London. In. It was probably in London when he was at West Ham because they were criticizing him like crazy because he was their highest paid player, making 145,000 uh, pounds a week. You know, it was like a ridiculous amount of money that he was making. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, had Moyes had <laughs> had uh, come back to coach them and he immediately went to the banca. So yeah, he was he was in really yeah. poor form, and that's why he decided to go to Sevilla to shake things up, go back to La Liga, and he gave it six months before he he decided to take the offer to go to Galaxy and and retire or start begin his retirement process. Um, for me, I think that it's not over yet for him. I think he's thirty two, thirty three. I don't think he'll make the World Cup roster. But I do think that he could realistically show up on a Gold Cup or maybe even get sent to uh, Tokyo if and only if he regains his form, uh, you know, in the MLS with LA Galaxy. He's got to go right off the bat. He needs to start scoring goals um, for him to convince me. But, you know, if we're calling up Alan Pulido, I mean, come on, man. Chicharito has 52 goals for the Selección. It's, he's a player that really he's always in the right place at the right time. So you know, he doesn't really you know, need you, the speed. Men- Go ahead. You mentioned Puli and, and I have to wonder if this is Tata's 4D chess 
of like, I'm a cop pulido just to see if this lights a fire in Chicharro's ass. <laughs> where he's going to be like, you're calling that. Well, dude? actually, and, uh, and... I don't I don't know if he's that clever because <laughs> this is the Stop same. Talking. This is the <laughs> same guy. This is the same guy that snubbed Ormeño and called him one dimensional. So I think that in Tata's head, he has a very specific vision of how Mexico should play, of how Mexico, you know, the how he should set up his players. And I but think, if, I think you know, Chicharito is just a limited player, let's be honest. He has world-class he, positioning. World-class positioning, yeah. his finishing is, like, wonky as hell. You know what I mean? So it's like he'd rather take a player like Pulido because he's the Sergio Aguero of Mexico, right? That's what Cardoso said. <laughs> he's more well, versatile. What if, that was, what if that was also to fire up Romeño, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, who knows, man? Maybe I'm look, putting too much into this, but who knows? Because, and I think Ormeño did well, and not not. I don't think he responded to that. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think I heard Ormeño say anything. Well, we're we're gonna go over uh, Liga Mekis re- results, but he has been, uh, as far as he might be silent off the field, but on the field he is. He's making noise. Yeah, no, but I think a lot of times that's also a test of character where it's like it shows yeah. how they could respond to criticism. And so is this guy going to go on and start talking shit or being salty or is he just going to keep doing his thing? And so that, that just makes him look better if he's like, I'm just going to show myself on the field. Yeah. Okay, one, one last comment. Yes. One last comment from me on this whole Chicharito thing and sort of what he's talking about, like the giving players a chance if they have like sort of mediocre seasons over and over. Uh, it reminds me of the time when it seemed like every, even if you, you know, if you played in Europe, you're automatically called up. And when Mexico under, under uh Hoa's boy was struggling to qualify for the world cup, they just, are you talking about Chepo? Chepo de la Torre. Chepo. They just, they said, okay, Get out of here, you European players. We're bringing in Liga MX players, domestic players, in yep. the uh, domestic players, and they went and got the job done. So sometimes there's this thing where, and he, I think it was, it was he didn't say it specifically, Chicharito didn't, but there's sort of like these, uh, you get spoiled sometimes because you're in Europe or because you're in some high uh, visibility team, you're automatically, you know, expected to get called up even though you might not be playing or you might, you know, you might not be the ideal team. Um, you can't just disregard your league MX players. Yeah. They were banking on the fact that they were all established in Europe and they were playing for all these teams, but it, it's funny because they didn't really play with each other. You know what I mean? They were all in different leagues, different countries, and it made sense to go domestic. Cause I mean, half the team was like America, you know what I mean? So they were already having really good chemistry, and it just goes to show that it doesn't matter where you play. It just matters that you have good team chemistry and you guys all, you know, can un- read each other and, and read each other's plays. And I just think there was so much pressure on that team and the fans, the media, everybody got and turned against them. And it just, they just couldn't handle it, man. Yeah, I bet. think they crashed pretty bad. The, the Martinoli comments during that whole broadcast was just like spot on. Yeah. Of describing like the uh, the pampered, spoiled European based 
you know, club players that uh, were automatic on the national team but did not play up to what they were supposed to. It's just like they were cru- they thought they would cruise through qualifying in the in the lowly Concacaf region. But uh, all right, to end this topic, uh, I want a straight answer from you guys. Chicharito's career with Mexico, La Selección, is over. Do you guys believe that? Do you buy or sell? Oh, oh man. That's a good one. Where's the sound effect? I don't have the, the soundboard, but... Oh. <laughs> Actually, here, let me see if I can pull it up. Uh... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Buy or sell. <laughs> Chicharito will no longer play for La Selección. His era is over. So I think he's going to make a comeback. He's putting in a lot of effort. He was sort of careful with his words not to offend Tata Martino. He wants back in. And uh, he's going to probably do his best to get some good performances for Galaxy to do that. Same, same. I have pretty much same reason as Chiki's. I, I do think uh, if he if he's back in form, I do think Chicharito is a is a good asset to have. All right, all right, all right. I actually think that uh, yeah, he he will have a mini comeback. I don't think he's officially done with La Selección. I think he's gonna light a fire under his ass, and uh, I I do think that he will. Probably not make the World Cup, but he still has a few Partido Moleros under his belt, you know. (laughs) And, you know, he is our leading goal scorer with 52 goals. Maybe he can get to 55, maybe 60 before he hangs up the boots. Who knows? So let's get into the the meat and potatoes of this episode. Man, Liga Amekis, I had missed you. It was fun watching Mexico play under 23, but... Uh, Liga Mekki is just the dramatics, the drama, the, you know, everything is just going on wild. We were talking about Romeno and how he's making noise on the pitch. He just scored his eighth goal of the season and he's just behind Rogelio Funes Mori. Uh, he's got, uh, eight goals or sorry. Yeah. He's got eight goals. Funes Mori has nine, but Puebla beat Mazatlan three, one, uh, to set off match week 13. They are currently in sixth place. Super Camote Power. They are setting themselves up for some Ligia action. Um, yeah, it's it's been one of the surprise teams. But, I mean, they were... Remember, uh, we were a bit skeptical because um, they had uh, Reynoso, who's now at Cruz Azul. And so when they lost Reynoso, I, re- I remember we were talking about that they were going to be able to keep up their form. And the answer is yes. Yes, they are. Um, shout out to their Twitter account. Man, they <laughs> they have a really good... If you're not following the Puebla official t- Twitter account, you got to follow them. They're funny as hell, man. Going on to the next match... And arguably the hottest team in the league, Cruz Azul, squared off. And they won against Juarez and have extended their winning streak to 11 games. They are in first place with 33 points. 
And they're about to play Chivas next week. Fear. Oh, man. <laughs> Is this? Did you, say, did you say fear? Fear. All right. Here's another uh, buy or sell question: Are they the real deal, or are they going to get eliminated like they did last season? <laughs> no, I, I think it's the real deal. I think last season got caught up in the turmoil of all the going on with the with the boardroom all the all the corruption and all that uh, but i think they've managed to shake all that up so i, I think they, they, they there's a there's a team that's been at the cusp of winning and so i think they're they're as close as ever i think they're the real deal but i think they could also you know lose to a tough matchup in the year, and the year, anything can happen. So, yes, sir, I agree. I think that they are the fake champs. You know, they do a really good job in the regular season, and then when it comes to to the real deal, when your life is on the line, they always find a way to cruz azulala. And to further back up my stats, let's not forget that had it not been for the game that America had to forfeit, America would actually be in first place right now um, with 34 points, and they would have 23 goals. They would have six goals uh, that they've conceded, uh, which would make them the best defense and the best offense. So I actually think that America is the, the best team in the league right now. They don't have the fancy 11 games in a row but they have been quite scary. Yeah, man. Santiago Solari proved me wrong, dude. <laughs> I just, my prediction completely crashed and burned. Uh, but yeah, America's, is, and I, you know, I maintain that that could be the final right there. Cruz Azul, America, Clásico Capitalino. And I actually watched the uh, the game. Uh, they played against Necaxa, beat them 2-1 at home. And it was actually uh, a goal by Gio Dos Santos. He finally got on the board, uh, scored the game-winning goal, 60th minute off a header. Uh, so America uh, cruising to victory there. And uh, one thing to point out with both Cruz Azul and America uh, and Monterrey known is their interests will be a bit divided as they are also going to be competing in La Conca Champions. Uh, they actually will be playing on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So, oh, and Cruz Azul plays tomorrow. So, will they be able to handle, you know, two tournaments going into, you know, the, you know, second half of the season? the tail end of the season, you know, and then having to travel and all that. That's that's where we'll have to see if they have enough depth to be able to compete in both tournaments. Yeah, with with all the top teams, I do see the depth there. Not so sure Leon, but uh, what are the teams? Monterrey, Cruz Azul. Monterrey, Cruz Azul, America, America and Leon. 
Yeah, I would say out of all of those, Leon probably has the least depth. Um, but I think the other three have, they do have it. Yeah, we'll we'll go into the Concacaf uh, matchups after we finish up the uh, match week thirteen. But just wanted to point that out there. You know, these teams are doing really good, well in in uh, league. But you know, once you throw in another tournament, another ball that you have to juggle, you know, you start to see the wear and tear uh, with only four matches left in the season. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty intense finish. Let's talk about Atlas. Some more bad news for Chivas. <laughs> We were banking on the fact that they were in dead last as far as the coefficient uh, with the percentage of points per season. And after their 1-0 victory, uh, they are now out of the red. They beat Tijuana 1-0. And now uh, Club Atletico de San Luis are in dead last as far as the uh, percentage-wise. So if they can continue this, they will actually be able to participate in Ligia, we were actually banking on the fact that Atlas were in last place, that they would have to give up their play, uh, playoff spot to the 13th team, which was giving you know Chivas fans hope. But now Chivas are going to have to squeeze in there uh, the hard way. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know as, as much as I enjoy seeing Atlas crash and burn, I think uh, I'm glad for the you know, I'm glad for their fans, though. They do have uh, some pretty hardcore fans that you, you could say Cruz Azul with their, what, 20 year thing, but Atlas is, hold my beer, man. <laughs> They're going on, like, what, 60 or 70 years? But they won in 51, 51 I think. 51, yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I don't think I could count that high, but it's, it's, it's uh, the joke used to be that their only championship picture is in black and white. (laughs) 70 years, man. 70 years. Yes. I mean, and I, and you know, since, ah, man, I could say maybe the last 20 years. Cause I, I, what was it? The last time where they were relevant was when they had Marquez. Uh, yeah, they, um, they did their, uh, 20-year anniversary of second place. <laughs> yeah, 20 years. Uh, played against Cardoso's uh, Toluca, and that's a, that's a good game. Very uh, good game. I remember it went to penalties. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and they lost, but I think uh, that's that was the last time. And, and kind of after that, it was just, just the team getting worse where they were like, you know, trying to avoid relegation and whatnot. So I think finally with with uh, Grupo Legi and that first season under their helm, it, it seemed like Atlas was cursed, you know. But hey, whatever they did, man, or whatever they're doing, it it's definitely working. Yeah, we're starting to see a flip-flop. You know, we're, we're seeing the teams that were in very poor form last season. Now they're at the top. Now they're in better form. And we're looking at the teams that were, you know, contenders last season, heavy hitters, you know, now they're the ones struggling for, for points and stuff. So it's, it's been a weird, weird season and, uh, Atlas, man, I can't even make fun of them right now. They're in fifth place with 21 points. And, uh, you know, if they keep this up, they're going to go to Ligia. We will have a chance, uh, to crack three points from them, uh, on the second to the last game of the season. 
Uh, so, you know, the Chivas Atlas game will probably be pretty, pretty hot once we get there on April 24th. Um, let's talk about Rayados really quickly. They actually beat Atletico San Luis 2-0, and that's the reason why uh, Atletico are now in dead last as far as coefficient goes. And Funes Mori at the last minute, 95th minute, scored his 121st goal for the club, tying tying who? Who's their top scorer? Let's see if you guys know for uh, Rayados all time. I know because you already said it. <laughs> Chupete Suazo. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, he's getting us. Surpass him, I guess it's safe to say that. And if I'm mistaken, uh, Funes Mori has done it with less uh, opportunities, less appearances. So pretty impressive stuff by the Mexican Rogelio Funes Mori. I am on the on the on the bandwagon. I want him to play for Mexico. What do you guys think? I would like to see him. I I don't mind. Uh, we talked about. You know the whole mercenary thing, but he seems to be there for the long haul. Uh, you know, so I, I I give him a pass, dude. Yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. I won't I won't care too much, but yeah, no, I'd prefer not to. Like I, you're I, not convinced I, that he could help the Celtics. Well, I'm sure he could help. Or I, don't, that, I don't really. Or want that it. his heart is in the right place. I don't even care about his heart. <laughs> I don't. I already mentioned this before, but yeah, I don't. I want Mexican grown. He talent. wants a hundred percent authentic. I yeah, I don't want to be artificial wins if he like ends up oh. carrying Mexico on his shoulders. That's artificial. That's like uh, injecting steroids or something. His career, injecting his career, where his career has been though. Inject, injecting the artificial. The artificial, uh, the artificial uh, steroid, the uh, Argentinian steroid injection. Oh, 2018? 2018? Huh? 2018. Yeah. Actually, isn't he from Texas somehow? He grew up in Texas. Yeah, he was playing for the Dallas, uh, what's that team? Uh, FC Dallas. FC Dallas. Dallas he was in the youth academy there. Then he got, went to River. Um, played there. Yeah. Benfica. And then uh, he's been at Monterrey since 2015. 190 appearances. 2015. See why? 190 appearances. 121 goals. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, man. He can't hate on this dude. This guy's Mexican. He got robbed at gunpoint, man, in his own home. He's Mexican in my book. Uh-huh. He's, yeah, he's this is the this is his longest club there. It's uh six years and hundred and ninety games. Uh, before that River played, he had a hundred games. Only two games at Benfica, twelve at Benfica B and at Eskehirspor. I don't know, this sounds Turkish. Twenty nine games. So I mean his career pretty much has been made in in Max and Monterrey, and yeah, he's not leaving, dude. He's gonna be here for another what five years. He's young, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's gonna he's, be another yeah, he's five six years. He's still gonna be in Max. So his career in Max, cheekies. 
he guarantees you a goal every other game, man. I mean, you can't coach that. I think a lot of it's got to do with the, the the power, the lineup that Monterrey is, though. He's sort of like a a target type of forward guy. He needs to receive the ball, and then once he does, he he's lethal on finishing. And he's sort of like like you said, comparing him to Swaso or saying that he's tied Swaso and fewer appearances and stuff. He's sort of done this quietly because I I grew up with watching Swaso, and he seemed to be like more of a Maybe it was because of his celebrations. He would do like, the, what didn't he do? Like the ear celebration or something? Yeah. And he seemed like a more of a polarized figure than uh, than Funes Mori. Well, he was also seleccionado, you know? Yeah. He was playing for Chile, right? Yeah. 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 And um, Funes Mori does that little, like, uh, he does the same celebration as uh, Erlen Hallen, where he does the little uh, meditation, crosses his legs, sits down, and does a little, um. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's been putting out goals since 2015. Him and Gignac joined the league in the same year, and they have very similar, very similar track records. Uh, Gignac has a little bit more more appearances for for Tigres, but yeah, man, these these two uh, foreigners came in and they've been welcomed additions to the league, national treasures, what have you, and. Uh, I know Zignac, he's already capped tight. He, he, he's already played for France. But, hey, man, if Fudis Mori's on the table, I'd take him. Yeah, same. He's he's here for the long run, man. He's, he ain't going anywhere, Chickies. <laughs> let, him, let him return something. He, he feels he's, he's earned. Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather play too much. It's just like, at least for now, you know what I mean? I'd rather take him an informed Funes Mori over uh, Alan Pulido, over uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, over, uh, you know, players that are just out of form that don't even have any reason to be playing for La Selección as of right now. That might change once the MLS season kicks off and they're in form. But as of right now, you take your hottest players. You, play, you, you take the players that are in form, that are scoring goals, man. That's what the whole point is. Oh, in 2019, he inquired about playing with Mexico, but he was deemed ineligible. Then a rules change happened, and now he is eligible. Yeah, I think he suited up Argentina in a handful of games, but they were friendlies. They weren't official matches, uh, or maybe at yeah. the at the younger youth levels. At the well, he, he said he debuted for in 2012 for the senior national team oh. during the Super Clasico de las Americas, whatever that is. Oh, okay, okay. Let's talk about Pumas. Oh boy, man! I'm not gonna lie. We were on Twitter just making fun of Pumas. Uh, they were, they were down a goal, uh, and then they, and then uh, Eric Sanchez scored the second goal in the 76th minute, and we're like, "This is good for Chivas, you know. This is good, you know. Keep Pumas low." And uh, what happened? Just like in classic Mexican fashion, uh, Saucedo scored in the 90th minute. And then on one of the last plays of the game, a penalty kick and Juan Ignacio Dineno looked sweaty. He looked nervous, but he put it away and tied the game up 2-2. They rescue a draw at home against Pachuca. How do you feel? I think, okay, so this is a game at home during the day on a Sunday, right? Typical Pumas game. And they were they were coming out 
you know, pretty good. They had some good shots. They were making the goalkeeper do do some work. Uh, offense was was running well, but they just weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. They weren't scoring. And then it seemed like it all, you know, when everything is going your way, if you even make some type of mistake on the defensive end, you know, you're going to pay for it. And that's what uh, Pachuca did. They made, made Pumas pay. Uh, Pumas just kept in it, though. There was a red, wasn't there like a red uh, a red card that was, you know, wasn't was real? They pulled, they called it back, gave him a yellow. Um, Sebastian Salcedo, the Pocho. Pocho came through, man. That's right. He was playing for uh, USA, right? In the Olympics? Yeah, he played for the U.S. Wow. just recently. Uh, he comes. He comes back to Mexico, scores a little, uh, little header, which was just you know it was due because they were they were knocking on the door the whole game. And then uh, I will say this though, that that penalty, I don't I don't think that was a penalty. It was very sus, very sus. Yeah, yeah. I think he he exaggerated that a little bit. I don't even. Think he sold it. Contact. He it sold almost, it. Yeah, but yeah, come out with a tie. Good fight. Was, good uh, fight. Yeah, it was a pretty good match. Yeah, man, it was like I said. We were, we we, we had written the game off. It was like already in the second half. They already scored the second goal. Oh, it's it's over, man. It's over. And it's just there's just never a guarantee in Mexico, man. There's just never until that final whistle blows, man. You just you just don't know what might happen, and that's exactly what happened. Um, after that result, they are just above Chivas in the table, 14th position with 13 points. They just have a better goal differential. As for Pachuca, they're in the 11th spot with 14 points. So they are, as of right now, in the repechaje. Uh, quiet game on so There was a lot of games on Sunday. Uh, that was in the morning. Then we had the Chivas-Santos game. Oh, boy. Chivas, Chivas, Chivas. Again, Vucetich with just... A harebrained lineup. He had benched Macias for Saldivar. Uh, he had benched Gudinho for Tonio Rodriguez. Some questionable decisions there. And uh, Chivas, uh, of course, conceded early, conceded first. And it looked like it was just another doom and gloom game for them. Uh, in the second half, they, they cranked it up a little bit. They did make some substitutions. They... They put in uh, Macias. They put in uh, Canelo. And Canelo had a beautiful goal volley with the left foot to tie the game up. And that was in the 75th minute. And the last 15 minutes were intense. They were probably the best minutes that Chivas have had in, a, in quite a while. Uh, keep in mind, they had three weeks off because they had the, the game against Monterrey uh, rescheduled uh, because six of their players were going to the Paralímpico. So they were off for three weeks. Uh, it looked like they were going to win this one. In the end, it was a 1-1 draw for Chivas, their seventh draw this season, and just frustrations from the fans. And and at this point, we don't have any answers for Vucetic. I have no way of defending him. He needs to go, man. (laughs) Joel, how do you feel? Uh, They're playing Santos, one one of the best teams uh, in the league. What are they, top four, if I'm not correct? They are in the fourth spot. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's a rival that Chivas has always struggled with. Very true. Santos seems to have their number. Um, yeah, it's disappointing because they haven't been able to win, but I, I'm still not giving up hope. I still think it's when they lost all those players from uh, 
you know, for in discipline last season, Chofis and, and Gallito and, and the other two guys, um, it's hurting them. And, I, you know, I think they knew that. But, I mean, they, it's something they had to do, and it's unfortunate. So I, I'm still patient, man. I, I still believe in in Pelias, and I still have uh, faith in in Buse, man. I, I just <laughs> I just know it, it, you know, it's almost fighting with one hand tied behind your back. You know, you, you came onto the season having lost four players, um, and then they were never even able to, to replace um, Guzman, who was supposed to be the top buy from a previous season. And so you're looking at a team that, that needed refuerzos and hasn't been able to get any. So I think I think that that comes into play. Um, Funny that you mentioned uh, that we have someone in the YouTube comments right now. Juan, Juan saying, like always, Chivas look stupid because of their dumb coach. Uh, yeah, and he's also asking, oh, is that Joel? He's never going to give yeah. up on terrible Mexican coaches. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, dude. Let me bring in a, let me bring in a fight, fight to some tweet to uh, support Joel and Bucetich. All right. Uh, he says, uh, just in case there's any doubts, he reviewed every single stat, and he says Bucetich is better than any and all players in Chivas to put together. What? Nobody has won. Nobody has won more than he has won. Can you? So I guess uh, like, can you send me that tweet? I want to see it. Oh, you mean his whole career? Well, yeah, it's, it's like his whole career, like wow. just stats. That doesn't it's, count, all, though, man. We're talking but about all, but Go all ahead. the players, though. all the players put together. Yeah, but I mean, this guy's been coaching since no. the '90s, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean we can't. This is a team that, and it is a thing about Chivas fans that they they act surprised. They act like like Chivas is a team that always qualifies to the league when it's the opposite. We went through the stats last time and how just how common it is for them to go two seasons, three seasons uh, before Busa came along. They were five seasons without Liguilla. And, and it is a fracaso if they miss, but it sh- it's, at the same time, it shouldn't be that surprising, um, you know, for, for Chiba fan. But but I, I don't think this time it's done from a place of, like, just because of, of bad coaching. I, I do think it hurt them losing all those players. It, it obviously it hurt them not in not being able to replace them. I, th- I think all of that uh, plays into it. Yeah. Some of the um, teams that... You mentioned that Dena's excuse was, well, you know, they didn't they didn't bring in the players that I asked. Um, you know, uh, Belaz brought in those players on his own agenda, and Vucetich is yeah. saying that saying the same thing. He's like, I asked for three players, I didn't get those three players, so I'm working with what I got. Um, my biggest gripe with him is like, look, I'm patient, but obviously, like, it's not working out. He's got a weird formation with the four. Four defenders, the two center defensive midfielders, and then you have a creative midfielder. But we don't really have a creative player. You know, we got rid of him. Trophies is at San Jose Earthquakes now. So putting Vega behind Salivar, it's just not working out. That's not Vega's position. 
And uh, why are you playing Saldivar? You know, we have J.J. Mack, man. This guy had a great Olympic tournament. Maybe not that great, but he was linking up really well with all his other comrades. So I don't know if you're trying to prove a point to Macias. Maybe you're trying to discipline him, or maybe there's like a 4D chess going on behind the scenes that I don't know of, but Macias needs to be starting. And uh, I just don't get it, man. And then you have Chicotres. You know, Chicote was like the, the unsung hero against America, scoring three goals, all three goals. And he's he's on the bench now. He's not even getting minutes. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing, bro? Well, how many games had, had Macias played? Three in, in the span of, what, a, a week and a half or so? Um, might have wanted, wanted to give him a rest for a little bit. He, he sat out in the first game uh, against uh, the Dominican Republic. And then the other games... I don't know if he started actually. I think he came off the bench, so it's not like he was he was getting taxed that hard. Okay. Yeah. But I, you know, but just just because I know, I know I get that uh, giving the coaches. It, it's my thing is to at least if you get a coach, and and um at least give him to the end of the season. Now, yeah. Yeah, I agree. We, we've seen we've seen this merry-go-round at Chivas for the past 20 years and it's never been productive it never has been I think people forget even when they brought Matias it wasn't off the bat it wasn't uh, he almost got sacked the only reason he didn't was because of the I think Buse was one of the people that got approached and turned it down but I don't know if people remember his so his first season he came similar to Buse he failed to but he, he failed to qualify and then the second his second first full season, his his start was worse than Chepo's that had gotten Chepo sacked. But I mean, he he bounced back and he managed to qualify. But and then he wins the cup, I believe. But but I'm saying, you you know, it's it's we expect results right away. Forget that the season is, you know, Bus has only been there half a season, or less than half. A, well, now it's like a. How many games does he have? He's he's been, he's got thirty. I think he's got like thirty games under his belt by now. It's still not even that much yeah. when you think about it. But it, it, you know, my thing has always been at least give them the whole season, and then if it doesn't work out, yeah, fire them. But I've never been a big fan of like like all oh, five games in and no, I, man, yeah. you suck, you're out. And and uh, Jaime, because I remember uh, you. Brazil, I don't know if we talked about this, but Brazil is going to, the Brazilian league is putting this rule. Yes. Or, do you remember the how they went? Um, I, I, did, did we talk about, I think we did talk about last, where it's like um, you can only uh, hire two coaches within a year. Um, because in Brazil, okay. they were having a problem of this coaching carousel, like at one point Chivas had. So they have to stick with, yeah, like, with their guns. Even if it's a bad decision, they have to stick with it. Well, no, because and then it does hurt. You, it hurts in other areas, which and one of them is obviously youth. You, you, you know, we're going to complain about why doesn't he play youth or all that, but if your job's on the line, you're not going to risk losing the game by putting in a juvenil. And uh, one of the coaches that gets the most criticism for, I guess they'll say he destroyed juveniles, is Tuca. He's also the coach that's never been fired. He has that that's record. That's true. Never from any, from any club, from any club since he started coaching 
That's he's crazy. Never been, he's never been fired. He'll leave, but he doesn't get fired like three games into the season or whatever. And so, I, but I think, I think, um, yeah, if, if Buse, if, you know, it comes to that, he can't turn the team around. And then at uh, least yeah. wait till the end of the season and, and at least have someone good lined up. Not just like, oh, you you couldn't beat Cruz Azul, so you're out. And then they put an interim coach for two games. And then they, they, then they can't find no one, so they'll just bring in another Thomas Boy type of guy. And it's like, do do we really want that? <laughs> Wait, yeah. No, I, I do agree. Know, do. Um, what I mean he needs to go is, I mean, he needs to go by the end of the season. You know, I, I do think that you don't want to push the button now because we're already in so deep. We got to ride this out. And, you know, he might he might get us to Ligia. Who knows? Um, there's still plenty of football left. Uh, every other team in the league has 13 fixtures. Uh, us and, and Rayado still have a makeup game. So, I mean, a win there and we're, we're back in the, in the top 12. So this can change very drastically uh, with just a few wins. So I do agree that he doesn't, you know, we shouldn't, you know, chop his head off just yet. But the reality is, man, is like, he's just not the right coach for what we, you know, for the type of style and the type of players that we have i don't think he's just like the right coach he doesn't know how to how to utilize them correctly and you know obviously like seeing them flourish in the u23 there there are some limitations there because of the opposition that they're facing but i mean even then bro you still see them play way better because they're they're you know jimmy has them organized in a correct way they're playing in their correct positions and it's very it's it's really that easy of an adjustment. I just don't understand why he refuses to fix it or address it. I don't know if he's just like, "Hey man, fuck you guys. I have so many silverware, you know. <laughs> like I know what I'm doing, you it know what I mean? Be. Just It does that stubborn. does happen a lot of times with with some of the coaches become stubborn. Yeah. And it's like they'll die with with whatever idea <laughs> yeah. they have in mind. They'll just stick They're going to die on that hill, man. And, yeah, and that does happen a lot. And, it's unfortunate, but we've and it happens even to really good coaches. Uh, so I'm not I'm not discarding that. My whole thing is give him to the end of the season, and if you know, if it's apparent that he's not the guy for it, at least look for someone, and and at least you know you could see that the team worked with him or gave him a fair shot. Um, one last thing I want to point and, and out. Player, oh yeah, go ahead. And also with the last one. Sends a message to the players, you know, not not to think that, you know, that they know it's whatever brings comes in. It's for the long haul, not just oh he'll be gone in five games. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm sure it's not crazy to think that Spelaz is already looking at options, looking at replacements. I'm sure that conversation has already been is is, is happening. Yeah, there's, there's three names floating around. Oh yeah, who? Yeah, well, Piojo is one. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> well, they work together. Turco, of course, because they work together as well. Oh yes. And then even Nacho, because I think up until a week Nacho? or Nacho, he has not renewed. But he's trying to go to Europe. Leon. Yeah, well, if he doesn't. If he doesn't get mm. an offer, I mean, 
I think he said it like very clearly that he he's gonna go to Europe. Like that's his plan. So there's no way he would leave Leon to go to Chivas. We got rid of him. <laughs> we fired him already. <laughs> yeah, but that was under under previous. And yeah, he's working. And and this is one thing: being at a team like Chivas, if if he could make Chivas great again, you know, we could. How, how did Almeida say? Awaken the giant. Uh-huh. If, if we can awaken the giant, um, th- this is the path to selection. Interesting. And then he could selection trampoline to Europe. Well, Tata's fine for now. I have no issues well, with I mean, Tata. I don't mean right now. I mean, that would be... Tata's gonna, Tata know, has an eight-year plan for us, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Is he is he have is he hired for eight years? Cause no, I mean, but that's his vision, man, and and I'm for it. You know, I'm I'm totally down. I'm for it too, but if he gets to, you know, with FMF, you never know, man. Yeah, you never know. But and, and then even you, Jaime, I bet if he crashes at the World Cup, we're we'll listen. There's and you'll be putting it through the shredder, man. There's three. There's three guarantees <laughs> in life, man: death, taxes, and Mexico getting eliminated in the round of sixteen. That's just that's a guarantee, bro. <laughs> But, but I mean, I mean at the group stage, not at the round of sixteen. Nah, they won't. Mexico always makes it out of the group stage, bro. Well, not always. I mean, but ninety four. But but yeah. You know. But if if they were not to make it out of the group stage, then we're winning the World Cup in the next one because that's what happens to all the greats. You know, <laughs> you look at France. <laughs> you look at. Uh, Croatia, France, and Croatia didn't make out the group stage because of us. Croatia didn't win it, but but Croatia. But they got close. I'm I'm okay with close, man. I'm okay with close. (laughs) If if we have to take the fall in 2022 in Qatar in a World Cup that's being protested for all this uh, injustice, uh, I'm all for it. You know, it's not like I can I can go to that one anyways. And then in 2026 at home, baby, just take it home. Take it all the way. Um, one. Hey, hey, I got a, I got a quick. Uh, yes. News, news thing that I just saw from a referee, which is sort of like a. That's an outlet out there, but they, uh, they, sourced Libero from Peru. Who? News organization. Uh, Libero from Peru news organization. Um, that said that Ricardo Gareca put out a list of 50 players that, you know, he's considering for Copa America, which ha- they have to, the final list of 23 has to be in June. Um, but Santiago Ormeño is in that list of 50 Ooh, players. <laughs> Peruvian. Yeah, well, Reynoso, Reynoso was shilling for him. And Reynoso even said they should be looking at Ormeño. And I was saying... Oh, I was hoping not because I would like him at Chihuahua. Oh, is he Peruvian too? Yeah, his his dad, I think. No, I mean uh, Reynoso. He's from Peru. Yeah, yeah, Juan Reynoso. Is oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and. Um, I thought he was from like Yucatan or Oaxaca. <laughs> no, he could pass. He could pass for that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I. And I was hoping, you know, Tata would at least call him up and he could have that Chiva pass. But snap! But I mean, damn, playing the Copa America that would be neat. Uh, what yeah, was the other thing? Is I mean, uh, go ahead. 
Oh yeah, the only thing is, you know, Copa America is one thing, World Cup, and you know, Peru going to the World Cup is not entirely a sure thing. So you got to weigh that option. Bro, he looks just like Efrain Flores. Like they could be brothers, bro. <laughs> um, one one last thing that I wanted to point out that happened in the Chivas match. This happened very very suddenly. It was in ninety fourth minute. It was a free kick. It was a goal kick. And the fans chanted the, you know, the puto chant. And the referee stopped the game. And he, uh, they had to announce over the intercom. They warned the fans not to do it again. And then they resumed play. So uh, I just thought that it was an interesting thing that happened in the game. Obviously, this chant is not going anywhere. And I'm just curious... You know, if this continues to happen, are we going to face severe consequences? Yeah, it's been headed that way, and FIFA's been, you know, been threatening, and it could get to the point where they'll be like, okay, we're done with threats. <laughs> You're just booted. And, I mean, we we did see it. Um, Well, not similar. Well, kind of with the cachirules, even though it was a youth. At the youth level, they they ended up suspending the senior team, pretty much all teams, for two, for two years, and, and that's something that could happen. I mean, if I'm FMF at this point, I'll probably just empty stadiums, man. My only thing is, like, can you control fans in the U.S.? That's, that was my only thing I would I would go to FIFA with. Like, hey, one thing's in Max, but if we're playing in U.S., are we, you know, can you read, can you read? Like, it's, it's not even, and those fans probably won't even be Mexican. You have a better chance controlling the U.S. fans than Mexico, than in Mexico. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, whatever. I think John had like a solution. I forget what it was, but uh, you know, whatever comes comes. It's not gonna. I don't see it changing. I don't see it going away. Uh, la gente es necia. <laughs> well, gonna... they get it to stop at the World Cup, right? Like in Russia. And yeah, that was true. Yeah. They had like the. You had to have like this card around you. I mean, everyone did, but it was like. If you got booted, you pretty much lost access to any game, I think. I mean, every game or any, you know. Yeah, my thing is like, look, I've gone to so many games. You you can't control people, man. People are going to say it. They're drunk. They're ignorant. And it's, you know, it's funny to them. And uh, it's easy to do. And it's just a way to establish your dominance or establish uh intimidation you know what i mean so it's like i just i just don't see how you can control an entire crowd to not say it and uh you know we've been most of the games have been playing behind closed doors for a long time because of covid and you know now they're starting to have fans back in the stadium at a limited capacity so i just feel like are they really going to force them to play behind closed doors if this continues? Um, 
I just what I don't want to see happen is like FIFA continues to bitch about this and then we end up getting like kicked out of the World Cup or disqualified for it. That's what I don't want to see. And I hope it doesn't get to that level. I was just saying, Bernie, I mean, they're going to do it, do it. These these guys keep on doing this stuff and it doesn't change. And no one's, no one's man enough to actually make an actual sanction and take away points or disqualify from a tournament or whatever. Well, I saw one comment of like, does it really affect the goalkeeper? Does it really affect the team? That's not the purpose, man. The whole purpose is just to have fun and yeah. insult. Like when you hear Pisaggio say whatever he said about America and what, you know, the phrase that everyone says about America, that's not to, you know, that's, that's not to like make America lose or rattle them and make them choke on the pitch. It's just the insult. It's just the rivalry and it's competitive. So it's, yeah, that's just, that's just the name of sport. That's how sports work out. Um, yeah. uh, we do have a comment from Real One. This is a game for kids, and it leaves a horrible image for the game when racism or homophobia happens. It's not just in Mexico. Uh, this is what happens when a business thinks it's too big to fail and doesn't factor in integrity, risk management. I've told you guys about this before. Uh, England and Italy and Spain don't have fans. And made kneeling a big thing because this issue got so big in the past few years. Thanks, Real, for that comment. And this actually just happened in a Spanish uh, Valencia game. Uh, apparently, one of the players from uh, Cadiz uh, said something to a black player. And he got so mad that he just walked off from the game. And we were like 29 minutes into the match. So, I mean, this thing is still happening uh, racism at least is still happening in Europe. You hear about it all the time. So it's like, it's not, it's not being uh, fixed, you know, regardless of what, um, you know, planet you're from or where, what country you're from. This is still an ongoing issue in the world of football, sadly. So it's like, you can do as much as you can, but when it's players doing it, <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do then? You know, fans, I get, you can kick them out, but players doing this, there needs to be, I guess, more severe consequences. Well, two things on this. I mean, AYSO is a game for kids. The senior national team and all this stuff, that ain't no game for kids. These are adults playing. I think he's talking about the the, the fans, like the fans that are going to the game. I don't know. uh, Well, even if you take your kid to a game, and you're going to see some messed up stuff. Some people people won't even take their kids to the game. I would have taken them to When I went to to the Azteca game, holy man, I was in a group of Pumas fans, and unfortunately the Mexican national team when they played against Canada had quite a few Americanistas in in, in the pitch. And these Pumas fans did not even pay attention to the game. They were just looking to insult every and any Americanista that was playing Mayun, Ochoa, whoever. And there were cuss words going left and right. It was no place for kids. You were wearing a Pumas anyway, jersey? No, I was just, I was, it was a national team. So I was just wearing, they were, they were, they were Pumas. They were Pumas fans because they admitted it. They, you know, uh, I was talking to them and stuff. Oh, that rivalry is serious, man. Yeah, I ain't no joke. But anyway, the other thing is like business. This, I mean, the fans aren't part of the business. So, I mean, they can't control them, but what are they going to do? Like to tell them not to come and stuff. It, the, the whole sport is made for, for the fans. Um, so it's, you know, 
you got to include them. And if they act a fool, then that's just, you know, that's just part of what's going on. Yeah. And then yeah there's, the there's, player is something yeah. else. Like the player, that's yeah. part of your business. A player says something, you either suspend them like this dude. I'm interested to hear what happens to this dude. If, uh, it was Valencia, right? Yeah. The player but, was from Valencia. Uh, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would do an investigation and then try to see what happened. Yeah, like if it's so true, something's got to be done. The no, the Valencia player was the victim. Uh, the player from Cadiz was the was the one that said something. Okay, so the Cadiz dude. Yeah, yeah. This happened in Mexico too. Remember, like a couple of fixtures ago, I think it was uh, Santos versus San Luis, and. Uh, there was like that. Yeah, they did the investigation though, and they, they didn't they, find no anything. one heard anything. So yeah. that was the yeah. And I, I do think if, if there was more to it, I do think the club would have fought it. Yeah, but they they sort of like just let it go. For sure. Which is this is the other thing you know that could also happen a lot of time, where you they could just they could just um say say that something was said, you know. The thing is, you know, unfortunately, there's just too much money involved in this sport, and FIFA has uh, always kind of looked the other way at times when it comes to ethics. You know, you look at Russia, or you look at Brazil, you know, forcing them to build a stadium in the freaking jungle, and also allowing the sale of uh, alcohol, which was banned in Brazil. Like, you're not allowed to drink or buy alcohol during uh like a like if you're watching Brazil play or watching the league play but for the world cup they they were forced to do it because they had a budweiser tax or whatever yeah so i mean fifa's yeah sponsorship yeah, they yeah. were one of the main sponsors so yeah i mean you know they're doing this world cup in qatar and they're you know supposedly there's like slave labor involved and they're very homophobic and stuff but hey man fifa's turning the other way cuz of the amount of money that is involved in this. So uh, that's why it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't just like play both cards. Like if you're really serious about shutting this down and, and no racism in football that, and, and no, you know, and no that, homophobic stuff, then you got to do it from the, from the top to bottom, man. You can't just be. But it, and I think that's what makes it dangerous for Max because they could be made an example of just to say, look, we, we did something about uh, it. Shit. You're right. You know? And so, man, I would, that is FMFMF empty stadiums or or set some protocol man where you set up like security in the sections and once you hear uh, a group say that just stop the game and oh, yeah, put, put that group out man that's some legit hypocrisy right there yeah, yeah because if you want to talk about homophobia and I won't go into the whole pern and defense of the chant and everything but I mean I could but legit homophobia is those countries over there, Qatar and all that stuff. Russia too, man. <laughs> where where it's policy, like it's it's within their yeah, you know their whole regulations and stuff. Whereas yeah. on this this is just a this is just a chant. And if you look down deep into it, and if you do the you know the pern type of analysis on it, it's just a chant calling you uh, a weakling or whatever. Yeah, the, and, I think and it was, certain, and then it form. just became like like it is childish in the sense where it's like it was just funny to hear, and to me it's like it's been overused. Yeah, but but when you think about it, there's if you uh, it's it's way more tolerance like in Mex, so 
there's a pretty good um Vice documentary. Uh, it's about like in the F. I think it's called Las Margaritas, <laughs> and it's it's like a like a, a team of Tepito. Yeah, in a really messed up area of the Efe where you would think, okay, this is where you could really get hurt. And the whole community gets behind Las Margaritas, which is like a trans trans women, and they have like a soccer tournament. Yeah. And it's like a big thing where they get celebrated. And and these are the same people that are, you know, they'll probably be at the stadium doing the corner kick chant. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of bit of the but see, but to them it's not. Yeah, it's that, not offensive. You know, it just sounds funny or whatever. They're so they're it's... yeah. You can ask the they're the community and they're not offended by the by the chance. Well, it was, <laughs> yeah, when it was it came from here, it came from from the whole thing became an issue because from here in the U.S., you know. Yeah, the the U.S. From during the culture. World Cup, all those partidos moleros, never... you know, they eventually no, was, catch up with you. It was during the World Cup. It was during the World Cup. Oh, and, uh, and then yeah, like, the Brazil. social media, and then they, that's how it it just all of a sudden it blew well, up. But well, I mean, there was worse stuff said <laughs> before. So that was oh, yeah. the whole thing where they're just looking yeah, I... at any excuse to get points from Mexico because they're you know they're tired of losing to us. <laughs> Well, well, it's like even back um, back in the day, I think Piojo was in a, it's on YouTube, Piojo was in an interview with a, with a couple of, uh, of gay dudes. And they asked, they were talking about the chant. And uh, those guys were saying, yeah, we don't, you know, we, we don't like it. It's homophobic and stuff. So yeah, there, there are a lot of people that believe that. And of course, the U.S. culture and this whole type of culture has spread all over the place. We see that in Mexico right now. Um, but there are other people, you know, that are gay or, or whatever that, you know, they'll, they'll chant it. They'll, they don't care. They don't, they're not, you know, hurt by it. They understand, you know, that not total, not the total intention is homophobic. Um, so yeah, you see both sides of it. Yeah. It'll be a situation that we'll have to monitor closely. Again, this is like the first time I've seen this season where a referee actually stopped the game for a second. So I wonder, like moving forward for the rest of the, uh, the match matches in Liga Mekis, if if they're gonna try and crack this down and shut this down ASAP. And not all teams right now have fans in the stadium. I know Mazatlan does. I know Necaxa does. Guadalajara does. Apart from that, um, I, I really haven't seen uh, fans in the stadium. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. One last thing before we close tonight's episode with two seventy nine. The Conca Champions kicks off tomorrow. We had mentioned it earlier. Uh, Cruz Azul is going to play against Archiale. I don't even know who they are. Uh, they play uh, tomorrow at 7 p.m. The other Mexican teams involved in this tournament, America, Monterrey, and Leon. Leon actually probably has the toughest opponent with uh, Toronto FC. Um, America plays against Olimpia. And Monterrey plays against Atlético Pantoja. Um we will not have the defending champs in this tournament. Tigres are not there. So my question to you guys is who, who who's looking to, uh, to carry the torch. Mexico has won this tournament 15 years in a row. Who's going to make it 16. Oh man. I think any, any of those three uh, that I already mentioned, I think Leon could do it too, but, uh, 
I, the other ones seem more favorite. Or no, I think I think there I say it, Leon. I think I will stick with Leon just because they they won. Well, oh well, my, if you guys I don't know, remember, all those teams do want the the club's World Cup thing. If if you guys don't remember, and I was there. Uh, to witness this, uh, Leon got eliminated by LAFC. They did. It wasn't planned for it, though, man. <laughs> and uh, that LAFC team, I did, if I'm not mistaken, went on to defeat uh, Cruz Azul and also America, if I'm not mistaken. Man, they were just the Liga MX layers. It's Bella right there, but. Wait, and so who took them out though then? Tigres. Taking out all these. Okay, Tigres. Tigres won in the final. Um, but yeah, America. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, LAFC. They're not in the tournament either. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things where they're all right, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe Leon, maybe America, maybe aren't like the and Cruz Azul. Maybe <laughs> you know, maybe they'll learn their lesson. But um, I don't have a clear cut favorite right now, man. To me, I think Cruz Azul is going to put all their marbles. In the league. In the league. I yeah. think America as well, just because they already did the whole, they did the whole, um, they already did the club's World Cup thing. And they, they really, they want, they want that, that title. Um, so I, I do think it'll be between Monterrey and, and Leon, you know, Monterrey has that rivalry with Tigres, man. They, they're seeing, and they, they probably have that Spina from just for. I, I don't think they they've ever done any good, huh? I can't remember. Oh. I know they've been, but I don't think they've they, they busted a Chivas and then just get sent home packing right away. Uh, who? Monterrey when they went to the. Um. From from what I know, Chivas have been the only Mexican team to finish in dead last. But most Mexican teams get past the first team, then they end up losing the semis to the European team because that's how they they matches up. It just so happened that um, this most recent Club World Cup, uh, some of the teams pulled out because of COVID. So you know, Monterrey played uh, an easier opponent in the semis and then played against the big boy in the final. Wait, you mean Tigres? Tigres, yeah. I forgot what I said. No, they played the Libertadores champion, though, man. Yeah, they did. They beat, uh, but I mean, it's an easier matchup than playing against Bayern Munich. You know what I mean? It's like you have a chance at the final a little bit easier, even though South America is still, you know, top dog. But Mexican teams have good records against South American teams. It's just in the national team. Error. Okay, no, they lost the last time. They lost to Liverpool 2-1, so yeah. that wasn't bad. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at these teams, right? Um, you know, typically the biggest threat would be like an MLS team in this tournament. And I'm looking at these teams like Atlanta, Portland, um, Columbus, Toronto. It's like, come on, man. Like, these guys are... Not even their season hasn't even started yet, and Liga Mekis is twelve, thirteen games in. It's just not even fair. 
So I don't see MLS teams as a threat. If anything, it's going to be a Mexican final. I just don't know who. I don't know if it's going to be Cruz Azul or if it's going to be like America. I think those would be my my top two choices. Hmm. We'll see. That starts tomorrow. As far as the other Champions League, the one in Europe where all the greats play, uh, we do have one team that we could be rooting for, and that's Porto. They play against Chelsea in the quarterfinals. That will be on Wednesday. And Tecatito. I swear, man, if his name was Tecatino, he would have been playing for Barcelona already. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tecatito's playing very well for his club, and he's expected to start against Chelsea. And I actually think that they have a good chance to beat them. I know people don't rate Porto as high, you know, because the league's not as competitive. But this was a, a club that won the uh, Europa League and then won the Champions League the very next season under Jose Mourinho. So anything's possible. Also, doesn't Chelsea have one of the greats playing for them? Oh, God, don't say it. Coming back, I think he might have been a... I don't know if injured or a great Pulisic. Oh, God. <laughs> so that, well, that was, that's going to be interesting. He did score. He scored on uh, uh, their loss to West Brom, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see that matchup, actually. Decatinho versus uh, Pulisic. We'll see. Um, but yeah, this is episode 279 of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Boys, do we have any closing thoughts? Yes, I didn't think we were going to do two hours. Me neither, but it's how good the conversation is, you know? And uh, thanks yeah. to the uh, listeners out there chatting on, on YouTube. But go ahead, Hoyle. Yeah. Not just that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. What about yeah, you? No, no, nothing really, but... Uh... Yeah, looking forward to to that now that you mentioned it. I haven't been watching the uh, Champions League too much, but this one seems, this should be an interesting one. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, sadly, the rematch between Liverpool and um, Real Madrid, you know, Sergio Ramos injuring Salah and him getting injured going into the World Cup. Sadly, Ramos is out with an injury, so we won't be able to see that matchup again. Um, but, boy, I was looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of football this week. Make sure to catch the Conca Champions, uh, the regular Champions League, and then match week 14 of Liga Amekis. Chivas will play against Cruz Azul. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I am not ready for that match, but we'll see what happens. Um, thank you for everyone that has joined us on the YouTube comments. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. And we'll catch you guys in the next one, of course.